0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. ISI stands for Iron Sharpens Iron, which is from Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that's exactly what this podcast is about today. We have Corey Eichholz, who is a guy from Tennessee who spoke at one of our most recent ISI retreats, an awesome guy, played football for the University of Tennessee on special teams and recently spoke at our Nashville retreat at the Bartholomew Farm and just has some awesome wisdom to share about faith and how we can grow in our faith and how it's actually really simple. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, But if this is your first time here, ISI is about our big five F's, which are faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness. And rather than just thinking about those as individual departments, how can you put faith at the center, at the hub of all the things in your life, including those five F's and how it can doing that can make a big shift and you can uh, harness the power of God and and faith in your life in all those areas in your family in your faculty in your finance and in your fitness. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, the podcast is um, really it's just everyday people. Uh, it's we rarely have a professional speaker or someone who's you know famous or does this. It's more uh, just people who have awesome experience or stories that, that can help us. And that's really what iron sharpens iron is all about. And so um, we'll get into it here with Corey in a second. And my just my uh, encouragement and challenge to you is, you know, the podcast is one good way. It's a little small dose. It's easy, um, you know, 30 minutes or so. You can listen to it. Hopefully, you know, gives you some, some life. But really getting to a retreat is, is really what ISI is all about. And the reason we retreat uh, is to get away from, um, you know, it's not to get away from it's bad. It sounds bad, but just to to step out and And think differently, change your perspective on on what you're doing, kind of calibrate. And it's hard to do that um, you know in thirty minutes. I think you really need to step away from life. Let it slow down. be able to slow down in the presence of other people who can really sharpen you. And that's that's the whole point of why we do these twenty four hour treats twice a year. So it's you know twenty four hours. And if if you feel like it's going to help you in all those areas of your life, taking that 24 hours to sharpen your saw is what ISI is all about. So just want to give you that encouragement. Uh, and without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Corey. All right, Corey, thanks for being on the podcast today. I'm super pumped to have you on and uh, kind of recap some of your most recent talk at the Nashville Retreat. So thanks again, man.
1: Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here, Nick. I'm looking forward to our time.
0: Yeah, I got a great group of guys down there in Tennessee and, you know, I know you were Uh, They were pumped to have you as a part of that, and I heard great things. You know, my dad was there firsthand, and he said it was a great uh, great little talk you had on faith. And, you know, we haven't really done uh, a—it's been a little little bit, maybe a month or so since we had a faith-focused podcast. So I'm excited for you to share, you know, your perspective, your story, and a couple things for our audience to take away from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah, it was a really nice weekend. Uh, We got together in early June— in Nashville, Tennessee at uh, the mm-hmm. Bartholomew family farm and, uh, had a, had a, had a golf tournament to kick it off. And then we, oh. we got into some content, uh, that Saturday evening and then had uh, really a great worship, uh, session, um, that Sunday morning. And, uh, it was, it's been a great, I've, I've been to two ISI retreats and, uh, and I would strongly encourage the folks listening to to get plugged in to to retreat if, if at all you can make it it's it's certainly worth uh the time to do that it's it's uh they've both been really terrific so
0: yeah awesome yeah it's hard i mean it's hard to uh you know when you have the demands of family and business and all the things to carve out you know 24 hours or 30 hours or whatever it is for the retreat but you know every time everybody's always glad they did so i'm glad you did that um and we're able to participate and help us out um, so for those of us that don't, don't know you, um, give us a little background on who you are and, and your story.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'm born and raised in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, had the opportunity to go to uh, the university of Tennessee for college. Um, I walked on, uh, and played football there for, for four years, uh, came in, uh, had quite a bit of turnover there. So I, I came in under Philip Fulmer in 2008 and finished up my college career in 2011, uh, under Derek Dooley, so I was there for the Fulmer Kiffin uh, Dooley uh, coaching cycle. Uh, so learned a ton uh, through all of that change and turnover, uh, but really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed that time a ton. Uh, it was it was uh, certainly a life shaping uh, experience, and and it was a goal of mine pretty much my entire life, probably since I was three or four years old to go play football at at the University of Tennessee. It was always something I oh, wanted no. to do. Um, hmm. and it was kind of interesting and in, in high school, it was, you know, it was, uh, well, early on, it was a dream. It was something that was kind of far-fetched and in high school, it really became a specific goal, um, hmm. to go do that. And, uh, um, you know, I'm not a big guy, so to, um, yeah you know, to, to, uh, to have the opportunity to do that required, required, uh, quite a bit of work. Um, but yeah. it, was, it was totally worth it and, uh, when had the opportunity to actually get on the field and let her. And play on special teams. So, um, was, was a thoroughly a joy to, to be a part of that program for four years. Uh, wish we could have won more games. Um, but I think that the, you know, the biggest regret is not the wins and losses. It's, it's, uh, it was being a part of that program and seeing some guys that had a ton of potential, um, personally outside of football, um, not maximize on that potential. And I think that's as I kind of Mm. think about those years, um, uh, we had a ton of guys, separate, a handful of guys that really had a lot of potential that just didn't get coached properly during all the turnover from all of the coaching staffs. And, um, and, and because of it, they, I think they left uh, the university no better off than when they came in, which I think is a shame. And, um, so I, you know, I, I, um, pretty, uh, uh, that, that's that's a, a I guess not, don't want to kick it off negatively, but I think it's important. that it shows you the importance of leadership and of coaching mm-hmm. and of stability in organizations and institutions uh, because there there will always be collateral damage um, mm-hmm. when there's not stability and leadership up top. So I think the greatest coaches, especially at the college level, are are really more extended fathers and father figures to to kids. I know I needed it. I had a I had a rough year, uh, my third year there, and. Um, and a strength coach Benny Wiley he, he who's a he was at Oklahoma I'm not sure where he is now um, I've lost touch with him but he was that for me for a year you know we all need mm-hmm. it so um, anyway I had the opportunity to do that and then got into uh, to medical device sales when I graduated um, from school and I've been with uh, working with Medtronic for the past six years um, in that space and really enjoy that it's a great opportunity to to go out and uh, you know provide great patient care and and work for a good company you know promoting new medical technologies and uh that's certainly been an interesting uh career and and never a dull day so uh and i'm uh, married with with two children and uh, we have our third child on the way here here in about a month so we're excited that's about awesome that.
0: super okay. cool an exciting time man that's so cool and i, I think it's neat you know the, the brotherhood that you guys all have established uh playing together you know my dad mentioned he's like these guys are just so tight and um i think it's neat that you guys have all carried on that relationship afterwards and you know still connecting through you know i'm sure isi and other things um after the fact and, and really staying involved in each other's lives which is
1: really neat to yeah see. it is neat and it's it's just one of those things too i don't get to see those guys so that most of those guys are in nashville and i don't get to see them a ton i stay connected you know phone phone calls mm-hmm. text and that kind of stuff but you know what's interesting about <clears throat> about that is you know when you've got that deep relationship um, from years ago, Mm -hmm. it doesn't take much to get it kickstarted again. I think that's one of the blessings about, about guys is, uh, you know, we we could maybe not see somebody for 10 years and pick up right where you left off. I don't think it's that way for my wife. (laughs) Uh, I wish it were, you know, but for her sake, but for, for guys, it's, it's great. You know, when you get those deep bonds, it's, it's pretty easy to pick back up and, uh, you know, and, uh, to enjoy those relationships. So it's
0: great. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. It just triggered I, some of the kids on my street that I grew up with. I mean, I'm talking like way back. Um, you know, we got together not that long ago. And it was, you know, I haven't seen these guys in like 25 years, spent a long time. And it's it's like nothing, it's, no time has passed. So that's great. And, you know, it, having a, you know, retreat or a reason to get together is always a, a nice, you know, bonus excuse. You know, the retreat itself is obviously hopefully very powerful and impactful. But even icing on the cake if you can reconnect with some some guys that you have some you know great relationships with
1: absolutely no it's a great week yeah it always is
0: so your your talk so you were asked to you know speak and you felt called to come and and share some things with uh with the guys so um yeah the main you know thing we wanted to do is just kind of capture some of that conversation and some of your teaching points so how did you decide you know what you were going to teach on and and hopefully you can walk us through some of the the main, uh, main themes of, of your talk there at the ISI retreat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, uh, Ben Bartholomew, who's a good, 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 good friend of mine. He's, he's been, uh, leading, I guess, the Nashville chapter of ISI. And, mm-hmm. um, he reached out to me about doing a faith talk, um, for, uh, for our retreat. And I said, absolutely. I've had the opportunity Actually, the past uh, close to about a year of of uh, co-teaching, co-preaching at our church. Um, so I, I get to I get the oh, okay. opportunity to preach about once every month and a half. It's um, it, it something I felt called to do, and and Ben and I have talked about that. And so uh, anyway, he um, he asked me if I'd I'd want to to lead a session. I said absolutely. And so um, uh, the decision uh, uh, was I made the decision to to really teach on one of the most transform, transformative, liberating concepts. Uh, it's not even really a concept that, that undersells a little bit, but um, you know, theological principles um, that has really revolutionized my life um, in this past season. And, and what we, what, what I taught is uh, it, it's really a teaching that um, that Tim Keller uh, uh, he he taught on and uh, quite a bit. I, I was going through a series on Galatians, and he actually taught this series back in the late '90s. And hmm. you know what's interesting about it? Uh, and I, I listened to some of these with my wife, and she thought he had preached these sermons, you know, like two weeks before we were listening to them. And I go, no, he he preached this in the not late '90s. And so what that shows you is is good, solid biblical preaching. You shouldn't be able to put a date on it. Uh, it should, it should stand the test of time, which certainly this did. So the, the, what, what we taught or what I taught on was, um, basically there's a, there's a theological way of putting it and there's a practical way of putting this problem. I think I'll start with the practical. The practical is, uh, we all understand really, really well. I think the, the American church, the evangelical church, I I think, um, Today, we understand really, really well the process of salvation. We, we understand that we can't save ourselves, that we're wholly reliant on the grace of Jesus Christ and the work that He did for us on the cross to come mm-hmm. to salvation. We know we can't save ourselves. I, th- I think that I think we do a pretty good job of, of, of teaching that um, from scripture. Um, but what we get lost on is how do I become more like Christ? You know, I'm told. You know, I'm told when I'm a when I become a Christian, when I become a follower of Christ, um, that I will become more like Christ. But yet in my life, I see myself continuing to struggle with the same sins, the same temptations, the same problems. Uh, I'm not becoming more patient, loving, and kind, and 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 so you you beat yourself up over this. And so yeah. I think what a lot of us do is is we know we can't save ourselves, and we we come to salvation and then in order to become like Christ, we return to a works based process. We return yeah. to trying really, really hard. We try to we try to do all the right things. We try to do our daily devotional. We try to pray. We try to go to church. We try to to go to ISI retreats and things like that in order to become more like Christ. And the answer is, and Paul talks about this in Galatians three. This is this is the you know, this is that's the scripture that this comes from. And the answer is the same thing that brought you to Christ is the same thing that will make you more like Christ. and That's faith. It's the beginning and the end. There's no, you don't graduate from the gospel. You build your life on the gospel. Um, the theological way of putting it is, um, yeah. The, the, there's there's a couple terms, but. Um, justification is the process of becoming a Christian. Sanctification is the process of becoming more like Christ. Or, uh, when you become a Christian, you receive what's called the imputed righteousness of Christ. Meaning you don't become mm. righteous. You don't become, you don't become more loving and more kind and more, you know, more wise and all of those things. It's that when God views you, he sees the son, you receive the righteousness of Christ. It doesn't mean you are righteous. It means that you are counted as righteous. Um, mm. and Paul lays this out it, pretty, I mean, Galatians three has just theological, uh, you know, sledgehammer after sledgehammer. When you read through that chapter, what he's what he's claiming, and so, but the question is, how do I get the imparted righteousness of Christ? And that's the process of actually becoming righteous. And what Paul lays out, and I'll, I'll read it. Um, mm-hmm. Since we're going down this road, that you know, the first couple of verses of Galatians chapter three, he goes, "You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before your very eyes? Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified." I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you, are you so foolish after beginning with the spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? And so what he's Mm -hmm. saying there is you began your race the right way. You began your race by, uh, or by faith and belief in Jesus Christ alone. And now you're trying to attain your goal or some translations will say, perfect your faith by human effort. So, you came to faith in Christ through faith, and now you're trying to become like Christ on your own, which is not going to work. And so, you know, I think as, as I talk to, you know, some of so my good friends, it's, I hear this all the time that I'm, I'm just struggling with a different set of temptations and sins. And, you know, yeah. the, the way to move past that is only through faith. You can't do it, but Jesus can. And mm-hmm. when, once you start to, to preach this truth to yourself from the Word of God, that's how you can move past things that's how you can overcome if you're just trying to will your way through life you're not going to be successful because you can't do it on your own jesus has to do it through you and so um you know that's uh that's what we taught on and that's what we got into uh, that sunday morning and um it's really a, a, a you know a um, something that is, has totally revolutionized my life because I need this lesson just as much as anybody. We all need it. We, we all have to preach the gospel to ourselves every single day. And totally. uh, that's what we got into.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think, I mean, I'm guilty of this too. It's, I mean, maybe guilty is the wrong word, but it, you know, as you, you know, are surrounded with a group of guys like this or you're involved in church, there's, mm-hmm. you know, all these, all these things you mentioned, you know, going to church, doing your morning devotion, you know, that's supposed to bring you closer to God and, and it will. Um, but kind of what, you know, what you're saying is it's not, it's not about all those things. Um, and I think, you know, giving, giving guys some, you, you know, I guess some freedom and some grace to know that it's, it's given to you, it's a gift to you, um, as opposed to something you have to work for, um, is a good reminder because and once you accept, you know, Christ in, into your heart and you have that relationship, um, it's, it's a gift that is always yours. It's always available. Mm-hmm versus something you have to, to work for, uh, to, to retain. And, um, how do you, but how, but at the same point, doing those things is great. You know, I love doing, you know, reading my morning devotion. I love going to church or worship or good music, you know, things like that. So how do you, just curious, like, how do you balance those two in terms of those two, you know, works versus just the the grace?
1: So that is, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I was going to be. My next point is, yeah. Uh, this theological principle of liberation and freedom in the gospel of Jesus Christ and uh, living through grace and by faith—that is not mm-hmm. at all an excuse to not work hard and not try. That's you know that's the, <laughs> the other side. And and actually, you're going to try harder. That's the thing is is you're actually. Because instead of instead of serving, uh, you know, serving your community and 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 doing your devotionals and your prayer life and all of those things, instead of doing it out of obligation, you're doing it out of the joy uh, and the freedom that following Jesus Christ produces. Now, out of, out of an overabundance of passion and love for Jesus Christ, so you're actually, in 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 essence, you're actually going to be more drawn uh, to those things, but you're going to do it from a place of joy. And freedom, as opposed to obligation and burden, because yeah. instead of trying to earn it and and do it yourself, uh, you're doing it because you you want to spend more time in the Word of God. You want to be around people that are going to point you to Christ. Uh, you're you're going to want to do those things uh, because that's the Spirit of God living in you that's drawing uh, drawing you to Him. So yeah. it, in essence, you're actually you're actually gonna you're actually gonna do more. Um, it's just gonna feel like less because it's not, it's not obligatory. It's, it's because that's what you want to do and you're living yeah. by, you know, you're living by uh, the spirit as opposed to living by the flesh. And, um, so, uh, yeah, you're, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, I, it's not a, um, I don't even think it's a balance at all. It's, it's, uh, you're, you're going to, uh, in essence, you're, you're, you're going to be drawn to him. And so you're, you're mm-hmm. going to, to do, uh, to, to do more and, and spend more time in the word. So,
0: yeah. It's like, uh, it's so good. You just can never get enough of it. You just want to keep, you know, you, you want to, you look forward to those things as opposed right. to, I mean, that's a different, uh, mindset and, you know, mindset and perspective, um, between those two for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I just, for, you know, for you, I just curious, you know, outside of just receiving it and, you know, having the freedom and, and, not feeling obligated, you know, what are, I'm just curious, what are some of your, um, you know, rituals that you found successful that help you that there's things that you look forward to that, you know, that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Your own personal
1: so, um, so I, one, one of the biggest blessings for me, I, I drive quite a bit. I'm on the road quite a bit for work. Um, I'm at home pretty much every night, but, but, um, I, I cover, you know, the sales territory, Eastern Tennessee, Western North Carolina. So I have a lot of days where I'll be on the road for four or five hours, um, you know, visiting various mm-hmm. accounts and customers. So, uh, it used to be years ago where I just, I, I just did not use that time, uh, properly. I, I you know, I would listen to some podcasts, books on tape, but it, it was, I did it be, begrudgingly. I, I hated the time, um, on the road just cause it's you know, physically tiring. It's kind of boring, all those things. And, um, and, and recently, uh, you know, over this past season, I'm, you know, I couldn't really put a timestamp on the past couple of years that has, yeah. that has turned into my, that has turned into my classroom where, um, the, I get into, uh, sermons and, you know, seminary classes and I really, and I'll actually, you know, the night before kind of outline what I actually want to listen to if I've got a a good amount of drive time so that that time is my study time. I don't, I, you know, don't get a ton of time necessarily to, to sit down throughout the day and get in the word, although I definitely do do that. Um, but that's turned into, um, into my time to study and to seek the Lord and, um, and to seek him. And, and there's some, you know, a great thing about, you know, uh, uh, today is there's a lot of really good content. There's almost too oh, much yeah. good content. And, and so you've got to be really focused on on what you want to get done. But, uh, so that's kind of, uh, turned into my time. And so, you know, if, if you do have time on the road, I'd, I'd say make use of it. Um, and don't just kind of go through the motions and, you know, and and not be intentional yeah. uh because
0: yeah, time is valuable yeah don't waste it away yeah uh, wind, windshield university man that's, that's right uh, there's so much so much good stuff yeah but you do have to be thoughtful about it because it could just kind of just results there's almost so much that you could almost even drift within that so you know being intentional about what you want to learn or what you want to listen to or or grow in um you know take some right. take some thought take some effort that's so, right That's awesome, man. I love that. But were there any, any other main, you know, main things from your talk that you wanted to get across before I ask you some of our, you know, kind of cool down questions? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I think, I think the, the big, uh, takeaway there, I mean, uh, I can't cover the whole talk here and and don't want to, you know, bore people, but I I think the, 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 big thing is, is, is truly to, to build, to build your life on the joy of your salvation, you know, live in that freedom and in that moment where you know that you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you haven't had that moment, then I'd find somebody to, to pray yeah. with and talk that over um, because you should feel the transformative power of Jesus Christ entering into you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you become a follower of Jesus. And, um, but, but for those that, that have, I, I think it's, don't, don't leave, you know, don't dismiss that experience as something you did, especially if you were, you know, came to, to, to salvation when you were younger, don't say, oh, that's something I did in middle school. You know, now I'm going to move on to the more important doctrines, the more important things. And I, you know, I want to, you know, that, that don't view that as, as the kindergarten or the first grade of, of the Christian faith. And now I want to get into the, the deep theological waters, because the truth of the gospel is, you know, really the you know the deep waters of the faith are also the tide pools of the faith. You know, the, the mm-hmm. deep places of the Christian faith are also the same way you get into it. It's it is faith and it is belief mm-hmm. because we can't do anything mm-hmm. on our own uh, to justify ourselves uh, and and uh, before God we can't. We're totally incapable of that. But the 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 gospel is we have one who did it for us, and his name is Jesus Christ. And you know, I think what I kind of closed out with is. A couple of examples, um, you know, from from my own testimony on, um, you know, I used to read, um, you know, the Sermon on the Mount's an incredible, incredible sermon from Jesus Christ, and, and what's interesting is, is uh, Christians and non Christians alike run to that. Is okay. This is, this is, you know, this is moral teaching. This is great, and. Um, it, it, you know, I think Gandhi even made a quote that, you know, if, if Christians would only live by the Sermon on the Mount, the world would be a better place. And the thing is, is, is really what the Sermon on the Mount is saying, you know, you open it up and, and Jesus is talking about, um, you know, uh, especially like, you know, with like with adultery. And if, if you even looked at a, a woman with so much as lust in your heart, uh, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart and anger, if you've had so much as, uh, you know, anger with your brother, you've already committed murder in heart. And so what Jesus is saying is you cannot keep the law at all. You cannot keep the law without me. And so when I, when I was younger, I would read through the sermon on am out, I, I, you know, anger, check, I'm guilty. Lust in my heart, check, check. I'm guilty. Uh, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't keep this. And I was reading it as a moral. Debt of, 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 moral code and an ethical test that you had to keep in order to become a Christian. And you get to the end of that. And Jesus talks about, you know, broad is the gate that leads to destruction. I'll, I'll open and read it uh, from, yeah. from Matthew. And, um, you know, he uses that gate analogy at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, here it is, enter through the narrow gate. Okay. How do I enter? Through the narrow gate is what I always used to ask. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to, de- to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. And I wrote down in my Bible years ago when I was in college, how narrow is the gate? Because, you know, I read through the section on murder. I know I'm guilty because murder wasn't murder; it was anger in your heart. We're all guilty of that. Adultery, adultery wasn't physical adultery; it was lust with somebody, lust with a woman in your heart. Guilty, um, you know. And, and and you know, love for your enemies. Nope, you can't do that without the gospel. You can't do that with Jesus Christ. And you get to the end, and it's narrow as the gate. How narrow is the gate? How do I get through? How do I know I'm saved? How do I get through the gate? And that question, honestly, it used to really terrify me a little bit because mm. you read it, you know, you can't keep, you know, you can't keep the law, you know, you can't do it. And, uh, the Lord recently revealed, um, you know, the only way, you know, you're getting through that gate is if you're not trying to get through that gate is if you're relying on Jesus Christ to get you through that gate. That's the only way you're getting through. That's the only way, you know, you're saved. And, um, and, and, and I think in John chapter 5, Jesus outlines this beautifully with the healing at the pool of Bethesda um, where he comes upon the crippled man. that has been next to this pool um, that was, you know, in the culture, they thought when the water was stirred, the next person to get in the pool would be healed of whatever, you know, whatever their ailment was. And Jesus comes up, comes across a guy that's been laying next to the pool for 38 years. Which is remarkable. I'm not 38 years old, and this guy's been laying there for 38 years. And he asks him, "Do you want to get well?" And his response is incredible, because I think this is this is uh, where a lot of us are. And he goes, "Sir, I have no one to help me get in the pool when the water is stirred. When I'm trying to get in, to get in, someone else comes down ahead of me." And and what he is saying here to Jesus is, "I have no possible way to save myself. I cannot do it." I cannot save myself. I cannot get in the pool. I cannot heal myself. I need help. And it's at that moment that Christ says, "Get up, pick up your mat, walk your healed." So, mm-hmm. and I think that's such a beautiful picture of salvation is where we come to a place where we know that we cannot do it, mm-hmm. and but only he can. And the, and the beautiful part of that and and uh, and what we covered is you don't leave that. You build your life on that. That's how you become more like Christ is through, through belief in Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, I think that's the big thing is, is don't, uh, don't just leave your uh, or, or kind of uh, downplay your salvation. It's something you did with, when you were younger or something you did when you were in high school or college. No, that's uh, live in that joy, live in that freedom. Um, that should be a formative part of everything you do. Uh, and take joy and take heart in it and, yeah. and become, you know, that's how you'll become more like Christ is, is through faith and belief, not, not, not by your own effort. Cause you can't do it, but he can.
0: Such a great reminder that it does. <laughs> we tend to overcomplicate it, make it more than it really is.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, and I think the, the, the teaching a lot, um, you know, that, that I was raised in, and I, I was raised in a great church. And so this is not a, a negative slide on, on any of this. But I think a lot of it, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, the gospel versus, you know, versus moralizing is, you know, with the story of, of David and Goliath. I think a lot of times uh, we teach David and Goliath is, is have courage, be like David and go out and slay the giants in your life. And there's truth to that. But the yeah. reality is is if we were in that story, we would not yeah. be David. We would have been like mm. the rest of the Israelites, scared to go out and face, face Goliath. We, we, we would not be David in that story. We'd be, we would be the cowards in the back. And the truth of the gospel is we cannot face the giants in our life. We cannot deface and defeat uh, the ultimate giants in our life, which are sin and death. But there is one who can, and he did it for us, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so to to cherish Him and to seek Him and believe in Him because He does have the power to do that, we do mm-hmm. not. Um, and and to seek to seek Christ above all else, um, relentlessly and 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 pursue Him daily. And and that's yeah. where our thoughts uh, and our minds and our hearts should be. So
0: super good. Yeah, it's it's so it's so simple, you know.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> It really is, uh, you know. Like I said, you don't need to overcomplicate it. And then, and I don't know if you've been in situations. We had a, a guy on the podcast last week um, who, I mean, his story is amazing. It'll come out soon. It's a guy named uh, Gerard Long, but he was he was at one of those points in his life mo- multiple times where he he like, I, I can't do this. There's it's impossible. Right. I, there's the only way that I can. And I, I mean, I don't think it needs to always come to that dire of a situation, but um, just to know that, you know. He's always there. That's simple. And that's um, that's
1: that is the the you know the the grace of God drawing you to Him too. You know, I think the 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 conviction of sin and and the burden of bondage and the weight of guilt is really the grace of God pounding you on your chest that you need a Savior. It yeah. really is. Uh, Romans two, Paul talks about uh, you know God's kindness leads us to repentance, and I think. The world today, um, you know, our culture today, we don't want to repent. We don't want to to admit that that we aren't, uh, you know, uh, that that, mm-hmm. that we aren't worthy or that there's anything wrong with us. And yeah. no, God's kindness draws us to repentance. It is liberating. It is freeing. And it is only through that, you know, the, the Galatians five. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, do not be burdened again by yoke of of, of bondage. And so, um, it truly is liberating and freeing. And, um, hmm. it, that is only found in the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Such a gift, man. It is. Such a gift. Amen. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, thank you for, uh, walking us through that and, and, uh, you know, being willing to be bold and, and share at the most recent retreat. So I'm glad we got a chance to capture, uh, the essence of your talk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's an honor to be there and honor to have the opportunity to, uh, to, 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 to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Well, a couple, uh, just kind of wrap up questions as we, as we you know, close things down for you. Uh, I always ask about joy and happiness. Mm. So what, what for you brings you the most joy?
1: Mm. I think, uh, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, spending time with the Lord, being able to, to, uh, to spend time in fellowship with him, uh, and, uh, and in, in prayer and in the word, uh, is, mm. is really, really, uh, uh, ultimately the foundation of all joy. Um, and, uh, so obviously enjoy that, um, uh, and, 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 and really enjoy that time. And, and that is, that is the windshield time. That is the you know, time mm-hmm. I can spend and also time, at, and, you know, early in the morning home too. But, um, so that, and, uh, and then, you know, through that, uh, the joy of, of my family and my wife and, and two children and our third on the way and, um, and time with friends. And, uh, so Not too complicated of a person, but uh, uh, the Lord, family and friends and and, uh, you know, and and pray for the opportunities at work to to get to build into to each other's lot to to the people I work with their lives and um, and point people to Christ. And, uh, you know, which is is interesting at work, because a lot of times it's it's. Through relationship and and kind of long term, you, you can't just necessarily mm-hmm. go beat somebody over the head with a Bible because uh, that 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 really wouldn't work. Uh, but yeah, just yeah. to just to love on people and 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 to be led by the Spirit to do that, and and you can only do that if if you're walking in the Lord and, and pursuing Him. So um, That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Of course, you certainly seem like you have the uh, you know Holy Spirit in you, and you know, in everywhere you go and everybody you, you know, engage with. So it's I mean, what a what a gift that is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's only through him because that. Trust me, that's not. That is uh, that is not me.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good that I could just, could just sense it just talking to you. Um, mm-hmm. that's just how you are. So it's, um, it's awesome. What about? Uh, I know you're listening to a lot. You know, you said in the car yeah. a lot of the windshield time. But I'm just curious if you have like a favorite book or a favorite, you know, even a podcast or series that really has meant a lot to you at some point in time or maybe yeah. something right now you're, you're listening to.
1: So the stuff that I, I really enjoy, um, like I said earlier, I think, uh, Tim Keller has been a big influence in yeah. my, uh, his, uh his, really all of us. I think he is, uh, we're going to look back on his life and his ministry is, uh, is really profound and yeah. important for our culture and our generation. Um, just how he preaches Christ. And, um, so he's been a big influence on me. Uh, I've got his gospel in life podcast on my, uh, Apple feed. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I listen to a lot of those sermons. He's done just a, a lot of great sermons uh, on there. I mean, it's basically his sermons from his entire uh, career that just kind of randomly come through. They'll have different series and things. So I listen to a lot of those. Um, and the last probably, um, when I start that course, I've been listening to a seminary course on preaching Christ in the postmodern world, and it's it was done by Reformed Theological Seminary. And unfortunately, it's not available on iTunes anymore. They uh, they took it down. I still have it downloaded, but it's it's a course by Tim Keller and Edmund Clowney. what's interesting about that is Edmund Clowney is one of Tim Keller's mentors. So hmm. you kind of get to hear that lineage of how the gospel's been passed down from generation to generation from teacher to, oh, wow. to teacher and uh, so that's been really good. I wish that people could go download it cuz it it used to be on iTunes and it's not anymore cuz I've tried to send it out to several people but they pulled it down. So hmm. um so anyway that one's uh that one has has been really good. And and I'm actually I I've, I've actually kind of gone through that a couple times. So the past several months, that's, that's been my main go-tos or that seminary course. Awesome. Um, and then really anything Tim Keller, I, I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, he's, he's a great teacher and, and a great man of God. And, um, he's, he's been very influential for me.
0: Yeah. That's probably one of the top two or three names that has come up on yeah. the podcast as I reference. So, I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's important to find someone that you're, you know, that you enjoy listening to, mm-hmm. you know, that you enjoy reading their style. Cause I mean, there's some people that, that come on, that just you know they'll recommend it, and I'll go check it out, and it's great stuff. But it's for whatever reason, it's just not my style. Right, and, and then I'm like, you know, but that's okay. You know, everybody you got to find someone right. who you know is helping you grow, but is you know also someone you enjoy listening to. And you know, Tim, Tim's awesome. Yeah, he's great. I, I said his first name, like I know him, like to
1: yeah, me I mean, I know we all do, we all do. <laughs> we all do. We <laughs> as many hours as I listen to him, you know, it's yeah. uh, uh, it's it's good. I think the other things I I love to. You know, a couple, you know, the recommendations of books, obviously the Bible, I think that's that's fundamental. I think, you know, Psalm, Psalm 1 talks about, you know, delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on it day and night. And so really everything yeah. I, I, I study and read kind of stems from that, either the Bible itself or a commentary on it. Um, but one of my favorite devotionals that I'd recommend for the listeners is, uh, my utmost for his highest by Oswald chambers, Mm. terrific devotional. I started that probably in 2012 and I've gone through it several times and it's just, it's just great, uh, highly devotional book, um, with some really, truly uh, challenging and, transformative devotionals in there. And I highly recommend that as well. It doesn't take a few minutes if that's all you've got and you can kind of meditate on whatever principle or truth that he laid out in there. Just a strong, strong, strong follower of God. Um, and his testimony is pretty incredible as well, but that's an awesome one too.
0: Sweet. Love that. Um, what is the, what's the tattoo that you have, uh, on your arm? You know, what's your life verse tattoo?
1: Um, well, I don't have any tattoos. Uh, you know, my <laughs> wife kind of jokes cause I've, uh, I've kind of gotten into some Hebrew stuff and, uh, uh, some different Hebrew words. Um, and like, Oh, I'd, I'd have this, you know, painted on the, on the wall or whatever. She's like, it's a good thing you didn't get to tattoo cause you kind of change it every month. So it's probably a good thing. I don't have, have that, but I, you know, I think, um, right now in church, we're going through a series on Daniel, which has been really good. And, um, we preached from, uh, from Daniel three recently. And, 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 and I love, I love the response of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to Nebuchadnezzar. And, and they said, you know, oh king, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it and he'll rescue us from your hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods uh, or worship the image of gold you've set up. And, and I think that's just a, uh, a, a powerful text. It's, we are we are loyal to Him. Our our audience is with Him. We take our we take our cases directly to the throne of God, and He hears us, and He will deliver us. And um, uh, so, I, you know, I love that verse. Uh, you know, I love mm-hmm. in Joshua the choose choose this day whom you will serve, and what's You know, kind of put that in context of that story there. you know, Basically, he's saying there are other gods that your forefathers worship, but as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So choose, choose. There's a choice you have to make every day. Choose who you will serve. And, you know, we choose to serve the living God, Yahweh, uh, the the God of Israel. That's who we will serve. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just love that. Uh, I've kind of said for a while I've got a weight room in my garage is uh, I want to paint the Hebrew word choose on the garage just as a, mm. you know, as a reminder every day to choose to serve God, uh, not serve mm. the things of this world, choose to serve God. It's a, it is a choice. It absolutely is a choice. And, um, you know, are you, choo- are you going to choose to meditate on the word of, uh, of the Lord or are you going to choose to kind of get you know tossed around in the chaos of, 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 of the day to day? So, uh, choose this day who you will serve, uh, which has probably been, uh, a big one for me or it definitely has been a big one for me uh, for a while
0: now. So good. It's awesome. I love that. It talking about choosing, I was just talking to my, my boys about choices and that everything is a choice. That's, right. That's uh it's ringing in our family right now. Just, you know, if you didn't, you know, you didn't make the soccer team. Well, you know you chose not to practice as hard as they did. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. Um, but That's yeah, thing. no, it's awesome. And taking that personal responsibility and, uh, in all ways, you know, in all the different years of our life. So, right. so good, Corey, man, it's, what a, what an honor, a blessing to connect with you. Um, hopefully I can make it down there. One of those future national retreats and, and meet you in person.
1: Absolutely. It'd be a pleasure to have you at the, at the Bartholomew family farm. So it's a great time. I'm, it really is. What a.
0: What a great setting. What a great spot. Um, we've gravitated more and more towards farms. We do it up at a farm up here nice. in Cleveland. And uh, he's got that down there. So maybe that's our only, uh, I mean, that is, what a great place to do a retreat and get away and absolutely. Know, do what we're doing. So absolutely. So as we wrap up, do you mind closing us in uh, a prayer? To.
1: I'd love to. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this time uh, that Nick and I got to uh, to spend together this morning. Just getting into your word. Uh, God, you uh, you are so good. You are with us. Uh, you, you dwell with us. You deliver us, God. Your word shows us that so clearly from the opening page of the book to the end, God. We believe that you are uh, the God of this universe. Uh, and, and in you uh, lies the salvation uh, for all who believe, God, Jesus. And uh, we, just, uh, we just lift your name up. And I lift up each, uh, each listener to this podcast, Lord, that uh, your spirit may uh, dwell in them, God. that They will feel the very presence of the living God. Uh, within them uh, and their families God and just pray um, uh, for your name to be praised uh, and may uh, we be your vessels uh, to proclaim the name name of Jesus Christ for a world so desperately needs uh, rescuing God Um, I just uh, thank you for this time and uh, it's in Jesus name we pray amen
0: amen awesome what a great guy! Corey's awesome. I um, can't wait to meet him in person at one of the upcoming retreats. Just some, a couple of takeaways I took away from our conversation. Where basically the main thing is that you know to get through the gate. Uh, how do you get through the gate? It's really simple. Uh, it just comes from having that faith. You don't have to work hard. You don't have to you know check any boxes. You just have to receive the gift that is given to you, and all you gotta do is take it. Um, and that it. As time goes on, and you're in your faith, that we—I mean, myself included—tend to make it more complicated, more about doing this and doing that, and going to this and doing that. And those are great things, but it's not the main thing. The main thing is that you just receive the gift of of Christ in your life, and um, it's not about it's not about trying, but it's about relying. It's about that faith and just receiving that gift that's out there, and um, and also just the why don't we think about it from a, a point of like joy and looking forward to and just awesome gift of being able to you know, listen to good you know, worship music or uh, spend time in your Bible or go to church, like not seeing those at all as obligation, but as joyful things. And so I'd say maybe you're, if you're not enjoying it, you may need to switch it up. Maybe you need to find a different book or a place or, you know, different group or something that where it's, it's giving you and you're a group that speaks to you in a certain way. And it's something that you find joyful and, you know, you move on from that, do your obligation to joy and desire. So, uh, without further ado, that's a wrap for today. I hope you were blessed by this conversation and these podcasts. Uh, if there's anything that we can do better or different to serve you, please let us know. Uh, so, until next time, stay sharp and God bless.